looking from cultural and linguistic aspect. Who doesn't want a school in his own mother language? Welcome to the Caspian Podcast, the podcast of the Caspian Post with me, Mark Elliott. Hello once again and welcome to the Caspian Podcast with me, Mark Elliott. Today with us is Daria Hoday. Now, Daria is a Iranian-born um, native Azerbaijani speaker, uh, but she now lives in Florida. Uh, she's trained as a um, uh, works uh, well, as a pharmacy, I believe. Had your own pharmacy and actually works as a pharmacist in Florida. So we're going to talk to her a little bit today about her experiences growing up in Iran and about her business. Well, I call it a business. Apparently, it's a non-profit. Um, and could you just tell us what that is, then, Daria? Hi, and it's a pleasure to be here. And nice to meet you, Mark. Yeah, lovely to meet you too. In Tabriz, the capital of Iran's East Azerbaijan province. My first background is pharmacy. Uh, I did a doctorate of uh, pharmacy at Tabriz University of Medical Sciences in my own hometown. After graduation, my husband and I moved to US looking for better opportunities. So what, when was that? When was that approximately? Which year? Like seven years ago. Seven years ago. Now, had you when you when you arrived, did you did you speak English or was it had you learned English at, at university? Yeah, I thought I was speaking English so good, but the moment I got here, I was like, I realized that my English was really broken. <laughs> okay, we all do that when we go away, don't we? Yeah, true. <laughs> now, but um, you, yeah, so but you you start. Yes, go ahead. Go I also ahead. used to manage my own small business retail pharmacy back in hometown. And here I found English Azerbaijani, which is a social media-based platform with objective of promoting Azerbaijani Turkic language and culture. Now, the, your your hometown, as I, I read it on your um, LinkedIn profile, is actually Kelebea, which is, from what I understand, that's the town near Babak Castle. Is, is that, have I got that right? Which castle? Like Babak, well, what with Baz Castle, yeah, Babak Castle? Actually, my pharmacy was very close to, to the Babak Castle. Well, that's in, fantastic. Now, I, for people that don't know of this castle, what's the, what is the significance of that to local people and to Azerbaijanis generally? It's actually like has like historical value to people of Azerbaijan. They also have like gatherings every year there. It's a kind of like symbol of um, like... It's a it's a symbolic thing for them to protect and promote and like somehow preserve their culture and language because this is what uh, Babak did they believe. Yeah, because Babak was like a what a thousand years old, says a thousand years ago or something like that, wasn't he? He stood up against yeah. the. Um... Yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure about the years, but yeah, all I know about it is yeah. Yeah, quite a hero. I know I know in in um, the. Uh, Independent Azerbaijan, he's definitely a hero. You see his portrait all over the place. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah I, I, when I when I was in Kelebar, I wanted to go to the castle, but I it was so snowy I couldn't get up. Have you? Do you go up regularly? Have you been to the castle ruins? I think I did it once. When were you there? Oh, 2013, I think it was, or maybe longer ago, maybe ten years ago. Yeah, just interesting. <laughs> mm. And we had a wonderful view from from near there, a wonderful view down over Nakhchivan. So there was snow up in Kelebar, but it was 
um, absolutely blisteringly hot and dry down in Nakchivan. A really interesting combination. True. The weather is awesome there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but anyway, so that's a, an interesting place to have developed a business. Now, how you, I gather that was a community pharmacy. Is that what you called it? True, yeah. It was a small business pharmacy. Okay. And now what... At what gate? What at what moment did you say? Well, okay, this is interesting. I've got my own business. I've got a, an interesting life here in Kelly Bird. What made you then go? Okay, well, it's time to move to the states. Well, actually, I, we were always thinking about like moving, but I was thinking about also like having my own business there, and then I. I, I don't know, all of a sudden I felt like this is not a place for me to like, to want to live for the rest of my life. And I don't want my, uh, I, I don't want my kids like uh, growing up in here. I can't like, there are some problems here and I don't know what it is exactly, but I know that I don't, uh, I'm not able to live here more. Mm. You think that, I mean, like the sanctions, a big part of that, or is it, is it something more general? It was the it was the sanctions. It was like women's problems and uh, this this kind of things. Like nothing was working properly. Every everything was broken. Like the system was not good on the whole, and you didn't know where the problem was stemming from. So the only thing you could do was to just I don't know somehow just escape. Yeah, and how difficult is that as a process? I mean, I think this is something you know. We have some really unpleasant um, sort of right-wing ideas about about immigrants, but what my, my understanding of immigrants is an incredibly brave and difficult thing to do to move to a whole new country where you're, you know, you've got to start completely again. I mean that that must have been a very daunting thing to do. So uh, how did it feel? Uh, actually, well, for me and my husband, it was just starting a new life and it felt so good. And I never was like feeling like I am not in, in, the, in my home here. But I, I hear from most of my friends who had immigrated, they are, they are not really uh, satisfied with it. They feel like they're not in home. But I personally never had this feeling. I never, ever had this feeling. Right. So that, that's that's not very nice to hear. Um, and you've uh, one of the other things I've noticed that um, people with high qualifications like you had sometimes find when they get to another country that those qualifications are not uh, accepted. I mean, w w were your Tabriz based pharmacy uh, qualifications OK when you got to Florida or did you have to retrain or how did that work? Yeah, true. You have to like uh, pass a lot of exams and go and spend like internship hours here to like uh, have the same degree here. And I did all of it but because I wanted to be pharmacist here too. Wow. Well, there's such a lot of commitment. Now, I wanted to go back then to, to what you do as well as being a pharmacist. As you say, the business that you started when you were back in Iran is this interesting one about English Azerbaijani. So tell us a little bit more about that business. Well, as you say, it's not necessarily a business. It's a, a yeah, non-profit. Exactly. Yeah, actually, like the whole idea behind English Azerbaijani began when I was expecting my first child. And I started having some kind of like identity problems, asking myself, what language should I speak to my children? And having lived with limited opportunities, I knew very little and very little, I mean, like about my own culture and language. So I started digging in. I started educating myself about my Azerbaijani and Turkic roots. 
So let, can, we, can we can we just for for the listeners? So what you're saying is that you, although your family was an um, spoke Azerbaijani Turkic language at home, your education was in in Farsi. Is that right? True. Yeah. And, and was there no, was there no op- was there no option for you to to go to a school? I mean, is this is this a problem throughout Iran that you can't be educated in your native tongue? No, everything is like banned. <laughs> And all the schools have to be in Persian, and it's the only option there. <clears throat> Even my parents didn't have the chance to go to Azerbaijani school, and they didn't know a lot of things. They still don't know. I sometimes teach my parents about something about our language and culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when writing, especially when writing, when messaging, my father writes something, and I tell him like, "Hey, look, this is not the true writing. <laughs> You're making mistake." Interesting. Okay, so so in terms, so for for people where you grew up, it's a spoken language but not a written language. Is that what we're saying? That's true. That's true. And and so so your idea with this English Azerbaijani website uh, is is um, to help who to help people back in Iran or to help? What, you know, what's your target audience and 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 what what are you finding? What is, what's the feedback that you're getting? Yeah, actually, at first when I started it, I was just trying to <clears throat> have a database for myself to come and look afterwards. Like when I learned something new, when I learned something about culture, when I learned a new word or the writing form, official form of writing a word, I would make a post about it. But then I saw a lot of people came and followed me. So I decided to expand the content to better tools like educational animal animations, animated nursery rhymes. And recently I published books for children, including Azerbaijani alphabet and numbers. And I have a few other uh, storybooks for children that will be published soon. And by this, I am targeting like the second generation Azerbaijanis living outside of Iran, as well as like some Iranian Azerbaijanis mm-hmm. living who want to learn English, maybe. Mm. Well, I've, I've taken a look at one or two of the uh, um, the videos that you've done, and the, and the animation is fantastic. I was, I mean, do you draw that yourself? Do you have, is it, do you have a team? How does it work? Yeah, we do have a team, and our team are almost everybody is someone like me who is like trying to preserve this culture and trying to raise awareness about our existence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do remember one of my trips to Tabriz. I've been many times to Tabriz. I love I love the city, but I, I do remember asking people about um, how they felt, you know, because coming, uh, having often visited Azerbaijan, the, the uh, independent republic, and Azerbaijan uh, in Iran. Um, one of the questions I had, because it was a political topic, especially in the George Bush times, um, uh, was was about whether um, the people of Azerbaijani er- uh, heritage living in Iran wanted independence. And what a number of people so- told me, and I don't know if this is representative, was like, why would we want that? Because we run this country anyway. Um, has that I mean, did I just meet very special people or or has that attitude changed or is there a degree in which, I I mean, I I gather even the Supreme Leader has some Azerbaijani roots to him. So, um, you know, I I think one of the the things that's hard to disentangle for me is is the degree to which um, 
the issue for Azerbaijanis in Iran is one of just wanting having to have schools that are in Azerbaijani and how much it is a, is a deeper thing about wondering about a bit more about political self-determination. Uh, actually, it's a, it's a kind of really political topic to enter and I barely have any information, any correct information about like the political side, about sure. like independence and this kind of things. But uh, as far as I know, from looking at, looking from cultural and linguistic aspect, who doesn't want a school in his own mother language? Yeah, that's a good point. Can a person be an assimilated one or what? I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's weird. Like, if you tell to anybody that somebody doesn't want a school in his own mother language, it's, I don't know, it looks funny to me. No, that's completely true. Obviously, yeah. Um, what we we had an article on on our associated website, which is the Caspian Post, about a a, a Tabriz football team called Tractor. Um, I, I heard that that's a, a place which is sort of a great, um, a popular place for people Azerbaijanis in Iran. Is, is that still the case, or have we got? Is that a little bit out of date nowadays? Uh, that's true. Like Azerbaijanis, like in Iran, have like different attitudes, and some of them are fan of tractor club. And I would say, like, with the, maybe the majority of them, and the majority of the people who are fan of tractor club, they are all like demanding the schools in Turkic, and they are all demanding like the freedom for the their ethnic in Iran. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's a, it's a sort of a, a way to give voice to this. And do you think? I mean, how hopeful are you that that uh, as time goes on, that there will be um, a, a sort of softening on this, and that maybe schools in in your native language might happen? I suppose maybe that's why you left because you didn't think it possible. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I have. I can't. I can't estimate a true estimation. I don't have a true estimation. But thanks to technology and widespread access to social media like awareness is I think is improving and our people are learning the language and culture so it's better I think it's better for the system to just acknowledge the basic rights of these people instead mm. of just ignoring what has been happening all these years and marginalizing our pain will which will only result in hostilities and a broken society I think. Yes. Now, now I'm, I'm also interested, like the um, the Azerbaijani spoken um, in Baku and that region, compared to the Azerbaijani spoken in the Azerbaijan provinces of Iran. I I, I gather there are quite a number of differences, I, and I was just wondering how you, you know, which which version do you take? Do you use both? Do you you know how do you manage that issue? It's like uh, Azerbaijani language from north and south of Arabs are basically the same. It's just that in Iranian part, the language structure is heavily impacted by the lack of formal education and media, while Azerbaijani from the Republic of Azerbaijan has maintained its original Turkic structure. Um, in terms of vocabulary, while still both sides uh, fully understand each other, Iranian Turks have gotten used to some Persian and even Arabic words. Mm. Our North Azerbaijani fellows use some Russian words instead. Mm -hmm. So when you're... Well, I think Sorry. We all have a strong linguistic, cultural and historical bonding. And the differences have been created in recent years when 
we had to go through two different governmental and educational um, systems. For example, uh, some of Iranian Azerbaijanis in big cities celebrate the new year in Persian style with putting like seven items starting with S on the table. But the majority of them, especially in the suburbs, still celebrate Noruz in the original Azerbaijani way, which is a completely different setup and philosophy. So would just give us an idea what what's the main difference then? Uh, what do you mean? Main well, bet- between between the seven S's and the and the you, what you perceive to be the yeah the- in Azerbaijani style, as far as I remember, like my uh, what my grandma was used to do. She she didn't know Persian. She never knew what like seven S in Persian is. So she just kept doing it Azerbaijani style, like having like samani and uh, colored eggs and uh, a fish in the water. Oh, so, really? Okay. Yeah, a samani, so just, just let, let me just explain to, to the listeners that samani is, is the, where you grow uh, fresh wheatgrass, isn't it, to, as, as, as a symbol of new life. So just, okay. just to fill in there. Yeah. And, but my mom, like, she was like, I think, I believe she was under the influence of Iranian TVs, like, uh, promoting the Persian culture. She used to have like seven Persian scenes on the table when Noruz was coming. Mm, In some suburb areas, people still have maintained that Azerbaijani culture. Hmm. Now, one of the other things you said is that now and again, uh, you do get surprises um, about uh, things that you discover about your own culture that you didn't know you were meant to know. Uh, can you think yeah. of any particular examples that you that were, were extraordinary shocks to your surprises? What, what, what jumps to mind? It's just, it's actually, it's always like shocking for me, like studying about it, because it's always like, I always remember something from my past, like maybe like from 20 years ago, when my, like, I, I see a word, and I'm like, oh my God, the last time I heard this word was from my grandma when I was only eight years ago, eight years old. And it's just so shocking and enjoyable for me, as well as the culture. When I like explore something, then I all of a sudden I remember that, oh yeah, our people used to do this, but now they're doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um... Now, just the, the question that I did try ask you, and I didn't quite get to it, was the the when you're doing your website, since you have to make a choice between Azerbaijani with maybe a little bit of Russian in the style of Baku, or Azerbaijani with a little bit of Persian in the style of um, your home region, which do you pick, and 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 or do you have your a system all of your own? None of them. <laughs> I chose the Turkic one because Azerbaijani is a Turkic language. It's um, categorized in Turkic languages. And I have a, a dictionary, which is like called Sözlük in Azerbaijani. Um, and it has a lot of Turkic words and a Turkic equivalent of each word. So I use that dictionary instead to introduce the new word to people and let them know that hey look here we have this word (laughs) wow so essentially you're creating a language all of your own Uh, actually 
it's not about creating because it's these words exist. Uh, they exist in our Sözlük, in our dictionaries, which were published in Iran a long time ago. But they weren't just, they didn't have the chance to be promoted um, by the government. So I'm just trying to somehow do uh, and do what government was supposed to do. And so you're also going to tell us a little bit about the language situation for other minorities or minorities in general in Iran. Yeah, to, to begin with, Iran is a very diverse multicultural country with multiple ethnic groups, um, with the majority having a non-Persian mother language. However, Persian is the only official language of the state, which pretty much prohibits education in any other language other than Farsi. Uh, so all the other ethnic groups have their languages being affected by the mandated language. Uh, I would say that the situation is very far from acceptable for all non-Persian ethnic groups. Uh, but I think Turkic languages uh, are, Turkic languages situation is worse than the other languages. Why is that? Why is that? Uh, as you know, Turkic languages are not considered Iranian languages because of their structure. The structure of Turkic languages is different than Iranian languages like Persian and Kurdish. So when Iranian Azerbaijani Turks go to a school, they have to study in a language with a completely different linguistic structure than their own mother language. The product of this is even more complicated because the different Linguistic structure taught in the schools would finally come and change the integrity of the student's own native language. And these great impacts accumulate over generations, and you can end up with an Azerbaijani Turkic that lacks standard structure. To add insult to the injury, the state media also promotes so-called local TV channels that are required and planned to avoid Turkic structures and mix and match native Azerbaijani vocabulary with Farsi words. This challenge goes beyond this, from writing road signs and street signs twisted and in wrong format to completely erasing the Turkic names of locations and replacing them with Persian words. Really, with, with whole, even changing the, the place names? Exactly, yeah. They recently had like a couple of them. Uh, they changed the name of an alley to from Turkic to Persian. So could you what, tell us, how, just can you say the two words, the word in Persian and the word in Azerbaijani so we can hear that? It's, yeah, it's, it's completely different. I, uh, it's completely different word. It's, it yeah, just, even, just can you say it though? So say, say the name of that word so that we can hear how different it is. For example, the, the, the alley's name is uh, Gardash Oğlu, and they change it, change it to Garzade. I see, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Something close, but totally different meaning, which like erases the history of that locations completely. Mm-hmm. I suppose so, it's a little bit like the way um, in Azerbaijan, again, the the names took Russian endings. So, so Hajibeli exactly. became Hajibeyov or Gajibekov exactly. even. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, I have a lot of like uh, friends like who had uh, their last names had like Turkic suffix, but they changed it to Persian suffixes. 
did they choose to do that? Was there some incentive to do that or it was they were forced to do so? It's not like forcing them directly, but it's like a kind of pressure. They put pressure on people like social pressures, maybe some people around them come and like uh, talk to them, say them some words that make them makes them like being ashamed of their Turkic background. Mm-hmm. So they have to like become Iranian, which means become Persian. So is that right? Do you, is Iranian and Persian equated then? Because I always thought of Iran as being very much a, a multicultural place, where Persian was just one part of a, a very multicultural society. Are you saying that more and more Iranian and Persian are becoming sort of equated? Yeah, not everybody things like you, because not everybody has enough study, not everybody has studied enough. Uh, like you did. So, and these people, uh, and they're just trying to, yeah, give uh, another face of Iran. Mm, Persian Iran, in which like everybody is Persian or has a Persian background, which is not true. (laughs) Well, uh, uh, Daria, I'd just like to thank you very, very much for joining us today. Uh, You've been listening to Daria Hoday on the Caspian podcast. I hope you'll join us again next time. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me. Thank you. Very nice talking to you. So uh, we'll see you next time. (music) 